Welcome back to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast, brought to you by the Western Edge App and Cosmic Cowboys Production. We're here with Bonner Bolton. Man, you hey buddy, man, I see you sporting that uh that sweet gear. Yeah, I know it's pretty cool cap you got. I think I have, (laughs) I think I have maybe six good hats, and this is one of them. (laughs) Nice, bro. You have a decision when you get a new hat. You have a decision to make whether it's going to be a working hat or whether you're going to kind of keep it semi nice. This one yeah, it's that it's that clean, clean <laughs> go to the club cap. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, man, yeah. thanks for having me on, dude. I've been uh, really enjoying watching what you're doing with the podcast and over there at Western Edge, you and Benny. Uh, man, it's it's really cool to see you bringing the community together with with what you're doing. I'm I'm super proud of you, man. Man, that's I mean that's what we're about. You know, I it's it's one of those things where. Like we have the technology now and we have the ability to connect, you know, more than we've ever had. And it's time that this community, this Western community actually starts utilizing that because as you know, like Facebook and Instagram, great. The social media sites are great in how they connect people, but they've become so yes. broad that it's, it's difficult, you know, to really. Exactly right. You're trying to swim in the, you know, the ocean of, everybody in the world pretty much that lives on those uh you know four or five platforms and then you know now in our niche everybody's on those platforms but uh it's just cool to see something focused for the rodeo world and for everybody to to kind of see what's going on and get the inside scoops so you guys are doing a great job uh i think i think the western industry has uh, we're always kind of the last to uh catch on when it comes to the new innovative technologies and everything but it seems like i don't know i feel like things are kind of starting to level up a little bit with the rest of society now i think too part of that is kids nowadays are on their phones it's yeah just, everybody's having to get yeah. used to this thing right here and yep. it's like we were talking about it the other day and and some of the things we're doing to help digitize for associations and stuff, you know, where in the past you have to print out paper and fill it out and mail it in with a check and, you know, do all this stuff. And nowadays people are just as good or actually they're better. They're more efficient with their cell phones than and typing on their cell phones than they are with pen and paper. They can actually uh, use their cell phone more efficiently than they can use a pen and paper. That's right. I mean, all the kids nowadays, you got to think about it. All the kids are growing up using that more than pen and paper, especially. And uh, me, and and I'm sure you too, especially me, probably. I think I'm a little older, (laughs) but uh, I grew up, you know, definitely handwriting everything all the way through college, you know, and uh, typing papers out had just kind of become a thing in college, like when I was in college. So, um, yeah, I just, boy, it's, you know, I've had to learn to to evolve over time with everybody else. And and thankfully, I've got a bunch of younger siblings that kind of helped with that. And, uh, you know, and then I, I got into the technology space after becoming a bull rider. So I kind of was uh, in, in between that period. I mean, for me, what's old now is like you learn cursive. And nowadays, right. even teaching that in school. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I learned everything in italic and cursive. And so I had pretty good handwriting at one point. I don't know about <laughs> anymore, but, uh, but I actually still really find it 
honestly really therapeutical to write things out. Um, I really enjoy writing, you know, I'm, I'm not the best writer still, but, um, I've, I've learned a good practice over the last year of my life. And that's when I wake up in the morning, um, you know, write down three things I'm thankful for. And that's a really great way to just kind of set your, your mind on the right track, right out of the gate. Yeah. First thing in the great, day. great practice. hundred um, percent. It's helped me, it's helped me a lot. I need to, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. I've kind of been lacking on that, but uh, you know, that's part of my morning routine. I like to, I like to have a little quiet time in the morning with my coffee and uh cowboy coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, read some, some positive words. I get into some scripture. I get, you know, have some prayer time and, um, you know, try to try to focus my day and write down things that, that I want to tackle. That's one thing too. Like I, for me, really when I'm, when I'm at my best mentally, and you know, even physically, because I think it transfers just because your your day's more organized, you're more prepared for it is like starting the day in meditation and scripture, you know, uh, yeah. you know, reading scripture and then just, you know, just in solitude, you know, I'll spend, you know, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, you know, that morning looks like as far as how much you need. But spending time in solitude really helps. And another thing that I started doing just recently uh, was ice baths and doing my my time of solitude in that ice bath and I felt like that even helped even more um, man so that's incredible yeah I don't know I, I find it really hard to uh, quiet my mind when I'm in an ice bath but you know like I love honestly it's cool that you brought that up I, especially right there towards the end of my writing career and recovering from my injury, I did a lot of hot and cold transition and really started getting into cold plunge. In yeah. fact, when I was in L.A. doing Dancing with the Stars, my favorite thing about that whole experience out there was there was a Russian banya. Like for those that don't know, that's kind of like a sauna house, right? Like a, a bathhouse of sorts. And you go in there and I, in fact, you and I are one of our close mutual friends, uh, Matt Triplett. Oh, yeah. Came to see me out there. And um, when he was out there, I took him out there to the, to the Russian Banya. And, oh, it was incredible. You'd, you'd have a juice bar on one end. And, uh, oops, sorry, I got, I got an incoming. Cool. All right, we're back. So, uh, Matt Triplett and yeah, so we would we would I took him to this uh, this Russian banya that my dance instructor had shown me, like week one of being out there because she knew I was going to need it, you know, with my injury and everything. This this for those that don't know, I I broke my neck a, a year prior to going on the show Dancing with the Stars for a little context and. Uh, that happened, you know, my bull riding career ended, and then I decided to go do this show, got the invite, and I thought, you know, well, I still got my legs. I can I can try to learn how to dance a little bit. I'd done a little two-step. And uh, so I went out there, and then my dance instructor showed me this this bathhouse out there, and uh, it's, it was kind of like a little word-of-mouth underground place off of Sunset Boulevard, 
um, just a little gray building you would never notice unless you knew where you were going. And you walk in, it was just so nice. There's a juice bar on one end, uh, hot tub on one end, and then a cold plunge on the other, and about four different types of sauna rooms all around. And then you'd go in and there was a bar like in the main um, kind of dining area. They had a dining area you could eat and the food was incredible. But I, yeah, I took Matt in there and uh, it was cool. You know, you'd cold plunge, you'd dip in and out of the cold plunge, get back in the hot tub. And I kind of had this routine down that I would do this little circuit and go through the steam rooms. And man, it was incredible benefits. I, I felt like at one point, you know, I was in better shape than I was even when I was riding bulls. Yeah, that's interesting. I know the the heat therapy is huge, and I I really want to get into that. I haven't, which it, right now uh, I'm waiting to get my cast off before I can do anything. But uh, when I went up for finals, and it's a gym that Cooper Davis goes to, and and I went in there, and they had the you know the sauna and stuff like that, and. I want to I want to get into that as well because that's supposedly just as good as the cold plunge therapy is, um, and if you can utilize both, it's even better. Absolutely. Now, and what I learned about that very thing from a biological standpoint is when you do that hot cold transition, supposedly what happens in your body is the red blood cell level in your body rapidly kind of accelerates and reproduces which then instantly goes to the inflammation to the injury and starts to heal that area through natural process in your body, which is really, really cool. I mean, I think, you know, that's the neat thing about our bodies. They're we're incredibly made and, and we have such self healing uh, ability with, within our bodies through, through different techniques and methods like this, that, just using organic elements, you know, such as hot and cold water. Um, you know, I think probably the Indians knew about that, <laughs> you know, way well, back in the day. But, uh, there's a lot now, not- even Eastern medicine and stuff that's all natural and they've been using it for years is really starting to become popular. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about trying to find, you know, our bodies they become deficient in areas. And as we grow older, our body's decaying and it's dying. And so, you know, when you're 20 and when you're 25 and you're 29, you know, there's new deficiencies and there's natural things that we can use that will actually help our body produce what it's deficient in. And, you know, inflammation is one of the big ones, especially for us, because, you know, what our body goes through, you know, and, and not even just us, anybody that's, you know, working for a living or getting older, uh, your body, you know, breaking down and inflammation's the first thing to start attacking is your body doesn't know how to fight it off. So being able to use natural elements that aren't destroying your body or your stomach liner, like ibuprofen, uh, yeah, huge and just helping you feel better. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally against over-the-counter medicine. Um, I really don't, don't believe in it. And I try to stay as organic as I can with any type of, you know, pain therapy medicine what have you you know um and really just try to have a good clean diet i mean how what we put in our body affects everything our thoughts our um you know our attitude our our physical condition our energy level and really this is you know this is the sports car we got to put good oil gas in it you know and and uh, what's cool is I, i love seeing 
you know, the guys in your generation are kind of like that next level athlete uh, in the bull riding world from where I, from my generation of guys that like, you know, Matt, Matt was, Matt's kind of in between Matt Triplett, but you know, he came in sort of at the tail end of mine and Douglas Tompkins career and stormy wing and guys like that. But, you know, it, we were in the JV Mooney era of his prime, you know, which I, I guess he's still in his prime. He's still pretty ranked, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, which is awesome to see. He's just another breed. We won't even talk about that. And, but. and in his generation, he's at the tail end of an entire generation that was, right. you know, we look at JB like he's this unicorn, like crazy smoking cigarettes and, you know, yeah. 90 on the weekends. Not, not really working out per se. Uh, he's and, conditioned his body in a whole, whole he, he's had way. a whole own custom but, program but yeah. everybody before jb that was the same same deal i was talking to sean willingham a long time ago and i remember him telling me he's like yeah so when i first got on tour and stuff he said they would have you know bud light coolers in the locker rooms and he said the guys at the beginning always did better because by the end of the freaking you know bull ride you were a little slosh <laughs> and just weren't quite oh, as yeah. good <laughs> no when i first got on tour in 2012 that was the case. There was still big, big ice chest, full of beer. And I loved it, you know, and some of those guys like Luke Snyder and, you know, I, I guess maybe Brendan uh, Clark and, and guys like that were still on tour. And that was, that was the rowdy bunch. I kind of got on at the end of their tail end of their career, which was pretty cool to see, you know. But yeah. And, and even the next generation, like, you know, after me, which is just now coming up, and mm-hmm. you know it's a whole different world then yeah whole now. different world completely different world there's not even guys coming up now they're being introduced to you know this sport is evolving these bulls are evolving and if the riders don't evolve then we're not going to catch up to these bulls and there's only one way to do that uh, well and, and what i love <laughs> yeah just to add to that a fine point to that is like you know, thankfully, there's more guys that are retired athletes like like me and, and Doug Champion and guys like that who are starting to give back to this community and share their knowledge, share their 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 training knowledge, their physical fitness. You know, he's someone who sort of went off deep into that that arm of, uh, you know, the sport. And it's really, really cool to see sort of the team of trainers he's putting together. Um, I'm super excited about that. We're we're looking to do some things with him. In fact, with our event with Ultimate Bull Rider, um, which we can get into here in a little while. But yeah, I actually need uh, to kind of transition into that actually because you're doing a lot. Uh, and for me, you know, I've kind of been in this by myself. I've done this yeah. for myself, you know, because my background was not in rodeo. My background was in athletics, and so right. that side of things for me, the last part was skill development. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of guys now, the skill development, you know, I say a lot of guys now, pretty much everybody that starts, you know, whether that's steers or, you know, when they're younger, they they have years of skill development where I was the opposite. I had years of the athletic development and the diet right. and that part of it. And then the skill development has, you know, I'm this is my 11th year riding. So I'm, you know, what were a you, lot of guys what? are 21 when they've been riding 11. So they have that. What was your other athletic background? What what other sports did you come from? So I played baseball. You know, I played nice. baseball my entire life. You know, I played uh, football a little bit, um, but Very cool. you know, 
pretty much sports in general. That was, you know, that's what I did from the time I was little. I was co- more just competition. I'm a competitor. I love yeah. to compete. And, and the, the, the competitive cool. bull riding made me leave everything that I knew that I'd spent my entire life kind of <laughs> developing just because of the competitive nature of it was just so far above and beyond everything else that I had known. Um, you got moments in, in of other sports where in bull riding, you get it every single time, but. Well, that's what I, that's what, you know, grabbed me, even though my dad was a bull rider in the eighties to nineties, seventies, eighties and nineties. Uh, you know, that watching his old pictures and, and videos, I played other sports. I did martial arts, all, all kinds of stuff, but. I played a little baseball, mostly drew in the dirt. <laughs> they stuck me in the outfield. You know, I was that kid, but uh, I liked hitting the ball. I needed full contact. You know, that was the thing. And, and uh, bull riding is what grabbed me. And, and that's why I'm, I'm still fueled by it. That's still my passion, being a cowboy. Um, you know, growing up on the ranch in West Texas, just working cattle. You know, I could... I could really care less about rodeo at the end of the day, if there was still just that, you know, and, and, and being able to be in the pasture and be horseback. That's, that's what it's all about being one with, with uh, God's nature and everything he's given us. So. And and it's so, I, it's so like just part of us. I, I look yeah. at my son, you know, my son's a year old and that's all he wants to do is be around animals, you know? He yeah, wants oh, yeah. he wants to try to ride our dog. He wants to, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you, you actually have to be more careful because he'll just take off. You know, he doesn't, he had no reserve. He doesn't know danger. You know, he's not old enough. He's going to gonna be him. like me watching my dad. You know, <laughs> I, I was around before my dad quit. I, in fact, I was about four or five years old uh, when he won the George Paul Memorial. That's and, cool. you know, I was, I was riding the hair off you know, the arm off the couch, uh, you know, any of my parents' suitcases that I could get between my legs, you know, I was bucking around in the living room and that was it. I'm sure that's how your boy is going to be for sure. So you, you obviously have a passion for that next generation coming up. What does that look like and what you're doing and talk to everybody a little bit about what you are doing? Awesome. Yes, sir. Well, um, so we started an event last year called ultimate bull rider and really that kind of spawned from, you know, ironically from the technology aspect of what we're doing, which is Rank Ride. And as you can see behind me here, Rank Ride is the brand back here and Ultimate Bull Rider is our, our TV show. And so we, you know, we started out five years ago doing technology and had the concept to bring back fantasy football but for bull riding right and uh you know i had a brand builder that told me all about it i really didn't know much about fantasy sports at that time had never really even played pro fantasy rodeo but um you know i had a lot of friends that did i had a lot of friends that played fantasy football and what have you and i went from doing the bull riding thing to breaking my neck to modeling and doing the entertainment world stuff and I made a lot of money and pretty much put all of my money that I made from bull riding and all that stuff back into this product right here, uh, Rank Ride. And, you know, I was on a pretty good upward trajectory in the the 
entertainment space. And I think I could have probably continued to pursue that and do all that, but that wasn't my heart, you know? And I think a lot of people maybe during that three-year contract I had probably thought, you know, this guy's never coming back. He's left, he's gone to Hollywood. He's one of those weirdos or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and that's simply not the case. I broke my neck and I, I really didn't even know if I was ever going to move again. And then when that opportunity came up, I thought, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to take that because, you know, they make a lot of money over there and I'm going to do all I can to make all I can and, and uh, see what we can do from there. But, and that's what I did. And, and I found out that that life wasn't for me. As soon as I got up in there, I've, I've got a lot of stories I can tell about that and I will probably, but not, not on this podcast today. And, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 PBR sent me all the way up through their corporate uh, ladder, you know, to meet all the high up executives at Endeavor. And I went to all the fancy dinners and all the parties and I saw a whole lot. And, uh, and, you know, at that point when I decided that's not for me, I really want to kind of make a business for myself around the life I come from that I grew up in, I was born into this lifestyle, you know, into this, this community, this culture. And, uh, I'm a fifth generation cowboy that grew up on a ranch that started in 1903. And this is, this is my life. My dad was a pro and rode with the best of them with Ty, Tough, Lane, all those guys. He was friends with all those guys. And, um, he just didn't go as hard as those guys did. He, he decided to be a dad, you know, and, and became a, a world champion dad and multiple time <laughs> he's five, six, but I always tell people he's got, you know, hella big boots to fill. He's a good man. And he's <laughs> always, always been my hero. And and that, that's what's inspired me my whole life. And, um, you know, so I wanted to come back to the root of that and, and touch back down to earth, uh, from doing all the Hollywood stuff. And as soon as I made that decision, the really tough, disappointing part was you know i thought this community of of pbr you know because of the the cowboys that uh it's made up of right you know this brand is is just the brand but really the people that make that brand work are the people right it's me and you yeah it's the cowboys it's the contractors and uh it's the bullfighters and it's the fans, you know, it's not, it's not these corporate uh, people. It's, it's, it's the fans. And, and without them, we wouldn't be getting paid to do what we do, you know, but um, if, if they weren't there, we would still be doing it out in the pasture somewhere, you oh. know? <laughs> and, yeah, and that's the point I, I really want to drive home is, uh, you know, Corporate has not done me well. And I went as about as high up in that company as you possibly could. And I know you're still there and you're still a writer and you've got a great career ahead of you there and you've done well there. And I encourage all the guys that are still there to, to know. And I hope they hear this in this podcast because I've been on some other podcasts and I've shared these feelings before. And it's really I think maybe struck a nerve in the industry a little bit, maybe that, Hey, Bonner's not on our team or something like that. And that's not, that's not true at all. I'm not on the corporate team. I'm I'm on the cowboy team and um, it is 
corporate versus cowboy, truly. And I hope that all the guys wake up and realize that, that, that it's because of you guys that this stuff exists. And if everybody would just take a step back and realize the brand that they're riding for was started by 30 other cowboys that got tired of corporate. Okay. So I'm just here to say it here. I'm going to make an announcement today right here on your podcast (laughs) that, that I'm here to, uh, you know, I'm here to compete. You know, these guys have shown me that they're willing to cut my cinch, that they don't have my back. The industry does not have these guys' backs. And every cowboy needs to wake up and realize that. But I am here to lead the charge and start a whole nother association. And I have through Ultimate Bull Rider. And we're going to give some really cool opportunities here pretty soon that are, I think, going to challenge the industry. Um, We've got some big announcements coming up. But the main thing is I want to make the message clear. We are community driven. We're not corporate driven. We don't care about that anymore. I think the whole the whole country's waking up to this and realizing on a commercial corporate level there's a lot of control trying to happen and and so we've got to be really really mindful as a community together that we are all we have really at the end of the day. And we don't have to bow down and make decisions out of fear, you know, and that we We've always we've always ran our own shit, you know, and we've always been our own boss and and we've never bowed down or cowed down to tyranny and and that type of control. And that's why America exists is because of the great frontiersmen that were willing to stand up against that. And I think we're not really at that point. It's uh but at the same time, it's it's not we're living in a different day and age and they're not going to come out with big neon sign flashing that, hey, this this is the times we're in, you know, and this is what we're doing to you. It's kind of like we all just have to wake up and realize and acknowledge and, and become aware more and more every day that. As a community, we have to support each other, you know, and it's it's because of our neighbor and loving each other, looking out for each other and caring for each other. That's, that's what it's all about. That's what we're here for. I think too, you know, the way I look at it, you know, even as an athlete right now is um, there's really three things. The first thing is I believe in authenticity and uh, corporate businesses in general uh aren't really based on what's authentic in the Western world and what and the traditions that have come up. You know, I don't believe that technology and all of this stuff should overtake tradition. And, you know, it's really important to us at Western Edge that we do not get the vibe that we're trying to change tradition. We're trying to actually help that tradition thrive in a time when corporate business is all over this country or you know, pulling wool over people's eyes and they're actually tearing down that tradition um, and they're not valuing the tradition. Um, you know, There's a lot of division being poisoned into the mind of the athletes from the corporate level down because corporate controls everything now in rodeo, in bull riding. There are no cowboy associations 
driven by cowboys, ran by cowboys, thriving in this community because like everything else, you know, it's become so commercialized that there's kind of like a major monopoly being ran on the entire industry. And the cowboys don't have say anymore. They don't have a seat at the table for their own well-being, which is what PBR got pissed at me earlier this year for saying on another podcast, because I just simply stated the truth. The guys' lives are being pushed to the max. More work, more risk is being required of the athlete, more push all the time for their promotion. But you don't see the money really getting that much better. In fact, it's they're spreading it out so much. They make it seem like there's a lot, but they're spreading it out so much that for the single individual in the traditional sense of the sport, who all the single individuals who are putting their life on the line and risking it all and winning shit for their team are not getting rewarded near the same as what they would have in 2000 or 19. 98 or you know anywhere from 2000 to 2015 when i was riding like just a whole nother ball game now and it's they've just kind of kept the pay right here and adding in a little bit here hey there, a little folks, there to i want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand where, sombrero brand you know, there's as a professional so bull rider i know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this, the founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, Give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. I just think there it's it's time. There's a lot of things changing in this country. There's a lot of good things changing. There's a lot of, you know, there you see kind of these dark moments and things on the news. But I think below the surface is bubbling some really, really good change, you know. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm part of it. I'm think, part of the Calvary here riding in. <laughs> I think the big thing for me too in, in all of this, and especially now as I've, you know, like I got to the point in my career, you know, triplet was a you know big part of like telling me to start thinking like, you know, like your career is going to end at some point, you know, yep. five, 10 years, you know, you need to start prepping for that five to 10 years in advance before you're done riding, you know, for, you know, that's, that's a long time to prep, but it's still an important time. And, and, and I was blessed to have, you know, agent and Vinny held mm-hmm. on with VM sports that actually cared about my well being, and yeah. like took the time to actually, discuss, great time, yeah, to, to discuss, Hey, this is what this looks like, you know, and, you know, an agent's not going to do that for you, you know, so Vinny can't do all of that for me, you know, I need to start thinking for myself and, and, and he helped me with that, what that looks like to start that process. 
and surrounding yourself with the best guys too. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think one of those deals that this was a big thing that I ran into, like with the PBR, and it really opened my eyes with the. And I I believe now there's a lot of guys that this is the biggest issue with this transition that's happening is transparency. And transparency, hundred percent. And there's just there's none of it. And that's the hardest. There is no transparency. Do we know how much Sean Gleason makes? No. No. And here's the. Do we know how much the organization makes? Not at all. No. Well, and in another kicker for me on like a very experiential note was the whole combine stuff, you know, and like yeah. me and Keith and a group of us, you know, we spent, you know, an extra two weeks away from our family and dedicated time to come through this process. And at the end of it, you know, uh, you know, I had a concussion in Bangor, Maine, and I still drove all the way across, you know, halfway across the country to go to this combine, you know, even even mm-hmm. though I knew, okay. I can't get on because I am under concussion protocol and the sports med specifically told me, do not get on this week if you want a chance to ride next weekend. So I went through that process and, and still did everything I could. And then we went to the combine. I ended up winning that combine championship. And I thought that would at least get me a conversation with one of the coaches. And nobody ever talked to me about anything about, there is no potential. The only person that said one word to me was Cody Lambert. And I respect more for that. Um, Yeah. But but no conversation with any coaches about, you know, even an opportunity. And and so we kind of were left, you know, at the end of the year, like, man. Yeah. It it opens up a new thing. So now we put you through a lot of expense from your physical to your mental to your financial. Sure. For their gain, just just to analyze you and then kick you to the curb. Right. And, and, and a lot of it for me was like, is this a political stunt? Because, you know, there's a lot going on right now. They're doing these TV shows and stuff. And, yeah. you know, like we're not making a dime off of that. Um, you know, it cost us a no. lot to be to be on that. And um, and no, but they'll sure use your image and, and do everything in the world with it, even if you're not signed under them or an athlete anymore, which I came to found find out, um, you know, in 2018. They took my image from Dancing with the Stars and sold it all over their corporate pitch deck. And uh, did I see a penny from that? No, I didn't. And um, that's the kind of thing. And and real quick, touching back on just who you surround yourself with, it's so important because these executives from the industry, all they're going to do is sit in their position you know, you've got your guys who've been there for forever from the Cowboys that were kind of just ushered in at the upper management level, doing the coaching, doing all these things and nothing against them. I know some of those guys, but, um, you know, they're just trying to feed their family like everybody else. But I'm here to shake people a little bit and wake them up. I'm going to stir some shit up a little bit. I'm here kind of here to pick a fight a little bit. You know, like I've got a problem. <laughs> I've got a big problem with Sean Gleason, especially. And uh, he's tried to cut my cinch left and right. And and it's, I kind of feel like Jake Paul and Dana White. I feel like I would really love to see Sean in the octagon and us <laughs> put the gloves on and just go toe to toe. I would love that. In fact, Sean, if you get this, if you see this, just know I'm calling you out right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all fun, but they've shown me that they don't have my back. They don't have anybody's back. I think everybody knows that. Um, they, 
they did a deal with me to partner with me on my fantasy game, took meetings all, you know, the four years we had or three years we were in partnership together, looked at all my intellectual property, continued to take meetings even after they changed their policy that they supposedly changed in 2021 to share their data. And then just before Christmas of last year, after I spent a million dollars of mine and my 20 shareholders money to build this product for the community, for you guys, my goal and my mission has always been to give back to the community for this to be a self-propelling type of product that helps not only the fans, you know, and gives them a chance to win big money, but also helps pay the bull riders, you know, helps drive the community, helps these guys get paid more. And that was, I think, truly why PBR did not ever get behind me, support me and help me fully build this out. They wanted to kind of piggyback off of me, take a look at all of my efforts because I'm a bull rider. They knew I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the most authentic approach to this and sat back and and at the same time in parallel continued to build their products in parallel right beside me as they were taking meetings with me and suppress my product even though I was in contract with them to promote my product and they they laughed their shit way over the top of mine the entire way through and then for the promise of getting me to the market and promoting me and then as soon as I've developed this product, spend a million dollars doing it to get it to the point of monetization where it could actually make them money and they they fulfill their deal, finally get paid out of the deal. Uh, some high up executives from Endeavor come into our last meeting right before Christmas. And um, I have a feeling, you know, they said, we got to jerk the plug on this kid. He's, you know, he's already beat us to the market. And, uh, so at that point, they went directly and started making deals with other companies outside of the cowboy industry, like this stat hero company and uh, another company called Alt Data. And even after they canceled my and, and totally screwed me around, canceled my partnership, they decided to go directly to uh, these companies and I went to them and I still tried to pay them up front for marketing space at PBR events because, hey, we've already invested a million dollars. This is all my life's earnings, all my life's work, all my sacrifice. And they decided they weren't going to let me uh, even have marketing yet. They're letting these other companies in. So they are completely discriminating against me, one of their own fucking bull riders, right? And uh, this is great. This is going to be good content because not anybody knows this. And I've, you know, this is going to be a good podcast. This is, this is what I want people to know. This is the real deal. Nobody on that corporate team cares about Cowboys. Okay. We're just a product. We're just a number to them. And if they think somebody like me or you is going to take a piece of the pie out of their, their deal, they'll chop your head off immediately and, or try. And uh, the good thing about it is I never had their help. So I became strong and independent without them. We're starting to gain a lot of support. Thank God. 
And uh, it's because of the community. And we're here to team up and link arms with the rest of the community. And it's really brought me full circle back around to what my initial heart and drive for this is anyways, which is giving straight back to the industry. This year, we're giving 10% of all of our proceeds back to Western Sports Foundation, Cowboys Helping Cowboys. We're going to even help some up-and-coming musicians. Um, and a fan in need at the end of the year, we're going to pick a fan out of all these people that are participating uh, that needs our help. And, and that's what it's here for. So that's why I built it, because of a charity that took on my neck surgery and paid for $114,000 of my own neck surgery when I got hurt because of a really awesome group of fans that participated in that whole thing wasn't because of PBR took care of me, you know, and their bullshit insurance. <laughs> I would have been, I would have never, I would never be here had it not been for the fans. And that is truly, truly my heart and my passion and why I built this product. Yeah. I, uh, the insurance is awful. Um, I didn't even use it this time. Cause I learned after a few surgeries that I, I, I was better off, um, going and actually getting a legitimate insurance and spending more on a legitimate insurance mm -hmm. um, because I ended up in more debt off of their insurance than, than, than I would have. And you're required to use it, period. You have to spend the money. So they've definitely... Yeah, I mean, obviously the bull riders are going to need to take whatever they can get because we don't get paid million-dollar contracts like NFL, like they want to push this to be. We don't get all these benefits. Um, you know, they're still trying to pride kind of the position on, well, these guys have to show up and ride to win, but yet they want to make it this NFL kind of deal. And uh, and I think this, know, is the deal. this is what people are forgetting. I'm all about guaranteed paychecks for riders. I'm all about yeah. the the, uh, the initial, the foundational idea of the PBR teams and the, the PBR. Yes. I love the idea. I love the you know direction. There is one saying as an athlete currently that I don't like that I know the it's it's, it's just part of it in every sport mm -hmm. is one of the great things about rodeo. One of the great things about bull riding. And right now it's during the regular season. This is it. If you ride good enough, you're going to get on a team. Or you're yeah, going sure. to go, you're going to go to the world finals. Like it's all on your back. You know, the pressure's on you. There's no politics. You know, if you're committed and you go, you can go where you want to go. Um, right. Team series is not that way. Not really because right. they're going after a specific person. Um, it's very political in that, in that sense, uh, you know, and, and it's not, there's no system where you're going to go and gain points and just prove yourself, right? And right. there's not really a model for even what proving yourself looks like. Like, yeah. what, where are you wanting guys to go? You know, like there's no yeah. model that, that's even out there, um, you know, and, and we've seen that in the draft, you know, and I'm not against Brazilians. I think there's a bunch of great Brazilians and our app in the future are going to actually be trying to help those Brazilians come over, be able to come over to the States and more effectively find rodeos and, and be able to go where the money's at because they need it because of the language barrier. So I'm all about yeah. that. But yeah, we see this whole, this whole idea that's happening within the team stuff where the scouting process is unorganized and it's people don't know they're unaware of what this looks like in this combine deal 
that really wasn't as, you know, it was more of a social media deal or a media deal than it was, you know, like other sports where that combine really matters and holds a lot of weight. And so we see that that happening. So I think that the downside right now is like within the regular season, as a athlete, you have an opportunity to prove yourself. And that's what being a cowboy is. If you go out yeah. there and put in the work and then that the results, you know, during that regular season play out. And, and then what you see now is where guys, guys that made the world finals last year that went and tied their hand in at the biggest board in the world are not on a team. And they yeah. have to be on a team. So there's some kind I of we're conflict gonna... there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I, is it? Do you want tying... the best bull riders in the world? It's the world finals, the biggest bull riding in the world where the best guys in the world are at. If they are, yeah. every single one of those guys should be on a team. Um, and that's Yeah, it. absolutely. There's no reason the top 35 from the year shouldn't have the first 35 team picks. 100%. They've been proving themselves all season long. And then you bring some some fresh rookie kid in that's never earned his stripes. You know, he may be uh, doing good in the amateur ranks, but gets picked and gets a con, you know, whatever the half ass contract is they're throwing out there. And then, you know, the guy that's been proving himself all year long that made the finals at, at a PBR World Finals gets over you know gets overlooked and left out but um i'm gonna have a solution to this what's what's great about everything you're saying is i do have a solution i'm about to roll out soon with ultimate bull rider that i think is going to be a complete total game changer in the industry and uh, you know we'll we'll let everybody see it as soon as it gets here but it's uh it's gonna be exciting i you know at the end of the day i'm not here I guess I am here to pick a fight a little bit, but at the same time, I'm just stating truth. You know, these are all things I can prove in every correspondence I've got with PBR and they know that that's why they're not jacking with me. They're just trying to cut my head off, you know, at the same time. I think too, people need to realize, you know, when, when they watch this and they see this, like, you know, you did it before I've done it. We've invested our entire careers in the PBR. Yeah. My whole yeah. career in bull riding has been entirely, yeah. entirely. I gave, yeah, I gave nine, you know, I guess I gave 11 years of my life to that organization just about, you know, I mean, some of that was spent with other organizations as well, like PRCA and at the time, CBR, Tough Humans deal. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, most of my 20s was all spent with PBR and um, I suffered you know, multiple pretty serious injuries, tore my bicep off the bone at a, at a PBR, put me out a year uh, from that had residual injuries. I had a, I had to get my elbow cleaned out because of that about a year later, set out another four or five months, missed another season. And then, uh, you know, it took me about three or four years to really get my riding back to right. And then, you know, things started to really pick up around 2014 and 15 and then going into 2016s when I, you know, broke my neck and it all ended, but I don't regret any of my career and the friends I've made or, you know, riding at that organization at that time, I think it stood for something different. Um, I still love the history of PBR and all the heroes I looked up to, um, 
you know, this is not for me about PBR. It's about the management that exists with PBR now. And those specific individuals I've, I've mentioned on this podcast and how bad they are truly for the industry. You know, I honestly think they should stick me in there. I'd do a hell of a lot better job. And I dang sure would be looking out for the Cowboys. I know how to handle the corporate, everything they've put me through on the grand stage of uh, publicity and everything else uh, in the industry and in the entertainment world. I know how to handle that. I, I'd be a way better face for the brand. And um, I hope one day that Endeavor will kind of wake up and see that. But somebody needs to be in there that actually cares about the Cowboys, that gives the Cowboys a seat at the table. Um, or, you know, there may just be another brand sneak up and rival them, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I, that's, you know, again, a, a lot of us writers and I'm not the only one that are currently in it. Like we love and we believe the PBR and I'm going to continue my step forward and, you mm -hmm. know, in dreams and goals that I have set that I've said, I'm not going to finish until I've done this for yeah. myself. For my kids, as well you should, you know, looking up to me, I'm going to finish what I started in that. But I do believe that there's stuff that when I first started as a fan, and then that transition into where I was, it was not what I thought it was. You know, I I right. spent many times on tour almost every year, and I've went through a lot of injuries, and I've came back, you know, and you know, Tandy's operated on me more times than I care, and probably he cares too, you know. Like, yeah, well, I, I put my body on the stake for it and I love where it goes. But, you know, Sean Gleason, I've never I've never had a conversation with Sean. Um, yeah. In fact, I'd never had a conversation with Cody Lambert until the Combine Championship. Um, you know, I had, I've I've lightly talked to Luke Snyder because he was, you know, obviously uh, in, from Missouri and and uh, Kevin Gross. And then they would have some bull ridings down at Bass Pro. But, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, that I looked up to, and then I finally reached that level, you know, and all of a sudden I had to change because I'm like, yeah. this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought you'd going to get here and, and, you know, you were going to, you know, know people and actually get to talk to some of your heroes and stuff. Never happened. And yeah, no, and it's totally different than you grow up thinking and then you get put through it and people don't understand the trauma that a bull rider goes through on that tour. Uh, if you spend any type of substantial time there, it's just, you know, I'm still dealing with it. You know, yeah. I still have a lot of trauma that I deal with from my bull ride, my entire bull riding career, especially from there and how I was treated to the things I got put through. And and some old bull riders are probably going to look at this and say, well, that's pussy or, you know, but that's exactly my point. That's exactly the mentality that is wrong with our sport. Yeah. I believe in being a cowboy. I'm, you know, I grew up on a ranch my whole life and I know what tough is, but there's a difference between that and just straight ego that's being shoved down your throat 24 seven. And, uh, that was a lot of what guys, especially in my generation dealt with. I think it's probably not quite as bad now because there's, they're trying to elevate the sport and they know that there's, maybe more implications to how people get treated, but it's still not, it's still not where it should be based on the amount of danger and 
fear that these guys have to overcome to do their job, to do it safe, to do it proficiently and to do it, you know, as safe as they can in that moment when you're the stakes are the highest and you're getting on the highest caliber of animal you can get on the breeding program, just like racehorses has just gone nothing but up and up and up for these bulls. So you're getting on freaks in nature every weekend. You don't know what's going to explode out of there and, you know, take flight, you know, to the next uh, planet. But like, you know, you just got to have your hammer cock like always. And that's, that, that's the fun of the sport. That's, that's part of what makes it so special. It's unpredictable, but that scenario should get treated with a whole lot more respect. I mean, if you're going to try to push this shit to the NFL level, then the players need to be treated like NFL players. There needs to be, of course, you know, not every guy should have his little, uh, his way on every little whim, but I just think the danger and the amount of pressure and the severe consequences of the sport that we all know, we see every weekend guys get hurt. Um, that all needs to be considered a lot harder and, and respected a lot more. You know, and I, man, I know when Mason passed, you know, that was a big deal as far as like, you know, if you really want to see what corporate looks like versus yeah. authenticity is, uh, the first year after Mason passed, they had the St. Louis Mason Low Invitational. Yeah. Dude, that said a lot. That said more to, more to the fan base and for the contestants then mm-hmm. I think anything. And then the next yeah. year, just replaced by some sponsor, you know, and Gone. Yeah. There, there was ways in which they could have, I'm sure, you know, made those sponsors happy and sure they may not have made as much money because they would have had to place that sponsor somewhere else, but it still could have been right there on the headline. There's ways, creative ways in which you can effectively market. Um, but, but stripping that name from that event, that was a big shot to I think all the riders at that time. Like that was a that was a big yeah. deal. You know, that was Mason was a brother of mine and I rest in peace, Mason. That uh yeah, that was a really, really tough blow to the industry losing him. Uh for the viewers that may not know or or that are just tuning in to bull riding. He was go look up Mason Law. He was one of the greatest bull riders on tour during his generation. Um Definitely world champion potential and, and caliber type, not only bull rider, but just person in life. And uh, everybody loved him. He was kind of a golden child type of person, you know, and and everybody loved being around Mason. And uh, yeah, I mean, that it wasn't it wasn't just losing another rider. It was losing like one of the, the top riders and one of the best riders as a person and, and just caliber people in general and it's sad to see that stuff like that doesn't remain memorialized and remembered by the corporate for sure but it just i mean it's not again it's just not a surprise it's just how they how it operates you know and and a lot of it like like i understand like there's there's decisions you have to make within a business right like because because if you want to help people you still have to be able to generate revenue and to, to give mm-hmm. back, you have to, to be able to do that, you know? Um, so I think there's business decisions, but, but I believe that the problem with becoming overly corporate is that you get away from the roots and the foundation that you don't try to monetize everything. 
you know. And it, if you're not involving people like me that are on on the back end of their career, not writing anymore, that are able to help with some of these business decisions or be able to speak on behalf of writers on the writer end, which I'd be happy to do because I'm in a great position to do that. I've been through and seen so much of that and PBR totally could have helped uh, make that possible. They used me as their main ambassador for a long time. But the, the, the bigger point is, is that that gets lost. If you're not, if you're, if you're not incorporating the, the culture into some of the decision-making it's totally lost. And I think they think they are with some of these guys that they've had in there for so long um, that are, you know, on the coaching staff now, but they're not at the table making any decisions either. I can promise you. Yeah, yeah. And if they are, I'm really disappointed. You know, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th I think, you know, what the most difficult thing if you're, you know, just a fan is like, there's layers to all of this. And, yeah. and a lot of it's transparency. There's land. There's even layer, layers of transparency, and yeah. us writers are at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, there's been times where yeah. I've stuff re, released to the public before the us writers got the email, <laughs> and yeah. and you know you're talking so much stuff that's just there's no transparency there. And if you ask, um, you just get a uh, I don't know. It can change. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um. Uh... It's something in it, <laughs> but I do believe that good things are happening and I, I want to talk so much more about it, but honestly, I'm not here to help them. Yeah. You know, it, they've made their decisions and if they want them to get better, then they know where to find me, you know, and uh, I would be happy to help step in and be a li liaison, a, a writer representative for you guys. And I think there's a lot of guys that would be a lot of guys that would be great for it, but, and I'm not even like trying to sell my myself. They've had that opportunity and, but Sean's had it out for me and, and we all know what it is. I've, I've gotten over that, but the, the point is, is it needs to get better. It needs to get back to the culture. It needs to get back to the roots and corporate will never be able to do that by themselves because they're not from our, our, our world you know they're from new york and um they eat picante sauce you know <laughs> they don't they don't eat green chili down here in texas you know yeah and and there's i even that it's just there's you know genuineness is a real thing and there's people yeah. out there that are genuine and then there's people out there where they're driven by money that's what they're driven by. Yeah. And that's the thing is I work with uh, a lot of different corporate people all around the world. And I'm not saying all corporate people are bad. I just think there are bad corporation, you know, bad people running certain corporations, uh, making really bad decisions. And I think that's really prevalent. We see more and more throughout more big company, big business in general and sort of this global type try to you know control everything takeover from a corporate standpoint rather than a even a governmental standpoint yeah and what, uh yeah just to kind of transition a little bit because you know like i want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing and you know what you're giving back i know for us one of the big things we're doing right now is we're doing an athlete search okay and mm -hmm. it's a big deal for us because we're like you know there's a lot of people 
out there that are coming up and they're like, I want sponsored, I want sponsored. And uh, they're athletes that don't know the real value. Like what's the value from a business, you know, sponsoring you and giving you money? Right. How is that business actually, you know, benefiting from that? And so we started this process of an athlete search where, you know, and, and we're going to change this because initially we have it where our premium members, which is only $10 a month, actually mm-hmm. get entered. And we actually look at every single one of them and we say, you know, you know, post, do the things you need to do to your own personal brand. Like if we yeah. were sponsoring you, you know, are you working hard? Are you chasing your dreams? Are you authentic? Yeah. And and that person we want to give $25,000 to, which we're we're just a startup. We're just starting up, you know. Yeah been here for a year and and we're continuing to evolve this and we're going to give even more next year it's going to be free to enter you know and the reason we yeah. did dollars just so everybody knows is because you know if i own wrangler i'm going to sponsor somebody that probably wears wranglers <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you utilize you know the 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 business do you utilize the platform you know and and we want yeah. somebody that uses our platform because that's the person that you know says hey you know, for me, when I did a deal with Relief Factor, I used their product for an entire year. Yeah, I even mentioned a word for them. I and I was great, and and I was under the presupposition that hey, this is probably not going to work out, and I'm okay with it because I love this product and I stand behind it. Um, and so you know, kind of giving back. That's one way in which we're doing that is we want to continue to grow that to where every year, you know, we're able to give somebody a, a good amount of money, twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. That's a good chunk of change to help a guy. No, that's for for guys. People don't realize that, you know, are just getting into the Western culture from watching Yellowstone or whatever brought them in, you know, and see this sport and get, you know, fall in love with it. Um, Really rodeo guys don't make a ton of money and we spend a whole lot trying to make a a lot of just little, you know? And so uh, it's about the passion. It's about the way of life. It's, it's definitely the culture and it's cool to see that definitely what you guys are doing. I love what you just laid out there with that program. That's a, a really cool thing for me. $25,000 was, you know, definitely a game changer from a sponsorship level. And some, you know, that would have been something I would have been all over, you know, um, from rank ride standpoint. Yeah. Our, our charity is driven from the gameplay uh, it's five dollars to enter every contest, and every week you can go on and pick as many teams as you want. Um, we were given quite a bit of uh, money out over the last three years. We've given probably over close to a hundred grand out now, just on a free level before we even monetize, yeah. just to try to test the software and get people going. And that was all driven by me going out and raising a lot of money to build this product and. We thought we had PBR helping us, you know, along that way, which we, we've talked about. But when they jerked the rug out from under us, that kind of had major implications to where we're at. And so that's kind of where we are. You know, this is a call to help um, us continue to drive the effort. Uh, we need as much support as we can get. You know, the, the game's totally free to play for all the people that want to try it out. We need your input. We need your feedback. We're here to make this experience as good as it can be. Um, From all the riders and stock contractors out there, everybody's welcome to play. Um, But if you're a rider, we can't, we can't pay you uh, to to win. You know, (laughs) we can't let you pay to play, but everybody can play free. And 
what I would like to invite everybody to do from a writer standpoint is played uh, for free. We, you see me here in the studio, we're about to start a podcast um, of our own every week. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to be doing a lot more insight in the game area on the gameplay on the website, how the website works. Um, and we're going to be bringing in a lot of the game players to interact and hopefully bring you bull riders on and uh, do a little segment where it's uh, fantasy friends. And we're, we're going to bring everybody on together and uh, <laughs> cool talk bull. You know, it, it makes me so excited about all of this because when I started, it was just completely as a fan. Like before I got on the back of a bull, I was at my cousin's house watching in 2012 12, <laughs> me and my cousin are watching the pvr you know every single weekend and at that time they had started up a little fantasy deal and that ended yeah. up falling through and it, it just i i play fantasy football um every year you know i'm playing fantasy football and so like i i love it and you know as a you know coming from that sports background like this is a as a fan this is a huge deal. Like, I mean, this is, yeah. this is a way for fans to really get excited and involved with everything that's happening. Um, yeah. And it doesn't cost anything to play and it'll only evolve and get better with the help of the fans, with the help of the writers. Um, again, I'm not a billion dollar corporation like PBR and they've, they've already partnered up with the outside world to, to dominate this space. But we're calling out all, all the fans um, and all the riders from within the community to help us drive this effort. This is this is kind of the opportunity like the 30 guys from PBR had back in, you know, 1993 or four, whenever it was. And uh, to get together and help come together as a community to build something really special, we will be offering uh, some investment out there to the community pretty soon to open this up to the community um yeah we're we're here to stay and and however we have to improvise and adapt to overcome we will yeah that's awesome and what's you know the future of you know rank ride and stuff too like how far into each you know like because there's rodeo and there's a lot of different disciplines like what does that look like as far as you know now there's the nfr there's you know a lot of different avenues here so if, if, if it's a barrel racer or if it's a team roper or maybe it's a saddle bronc rider you know what about we definitely that? want to expand into the other areas of rodeo we've got some very interesting uh things coming up i can't talk a whole whole lot about but uh it's going to be exciting to see how we grow uh, a large portion of what we do in in your audience that may not know is uh we do special feature content as well um like I said, as you can see behind me, we've got the Ultimate Bull Rider TV show. Uh, we just did one pilot last year, but we'll be doing a whole season of that coming up pretty soon. I can say that. Okay. And um, there, there'll be some new changes to that that make that very interesting. Um, also, there's there's some other special feature short film segments that we've done. We just signed, or we're about to sign, I should say, a major, major TV deal uh, keep your fingers crossed that that goes through and we'll have more to say and in, in announcements about that uh, on a whole different project that is going to bring in a very new, interesting side of rodeo. Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the things we've got to roll out. I wish I could say more today, but I've got to keep keep it tucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, what was, I guess, you know, if you were, was, was any of this prepared before you stopped competing? So like, like, you know, you, you kind of made yeah. a transition, you know, following afterwards, you know, where you were on your feet and transitioning into, into doing this, um, you know, prior to your retirement, did you ever really consider what that was going to look like? You know, obviously it was unexpected retirement. It was kind of a forced deal. But did you, you know, spend time thinking about, hey, I need to start looking into what this looks like when you're done and, and maybe talk into like bull riders or, or other rodeo athletes who, hey, when you're done, when you're done competing, you know, you're going to, you're going to stop making yeah. money and you need to start thinking now, like, how can I transition into life outside of competition in a way that, you know, I'm free and I don't just go work a nine to five job and I hate it. Well, you know, one of the, one of the, well, two of the friends that really, I guess three, I have three friends that I can name that I'm really close to still that I really have always respected that have always challenged me in my business mindset and just my investments from, from bull riding. Uh, it, one is Douglas Duncan, him and I grew up together. He's always been really smart with his money. He's always been a good businessman on to some degree. <laughs> we both made probably pretty poor decisions at times and money as well. But uh, he's always been a really sharp guy and made really good decisions. He's making really good investments now with uh, multifamily uh, construction and, and duplexes and apartments and things like that. Um, it's really cool. I just uh, was actually looking into Douglas because, I mean, again, when I started, that was one of the people, you know, like yeah. that group of guys, when you guys in that 2012 area, to me, that was those were my heroes because that's who I got to watch. And Douglas guys and um, and I just him looked into him the other day on Instagram and, it, you know, because I'm like, man, one of these days I want to have Douglas Duncan on here because I never really got to talk to Douglas because really when I came up in the PBR, he was he was transitioning out, you know, he was having those hip issues and, and yeah, so. no, Douglas. Uh, I love Douglas. We met when I was about 11 probably. And, uh, or maybe I guess he was maybe 11. I don't know. We were both close to junior bull rider age anyway, maybe 13. And, uh, we've been close friends ever since rodeo together. Uh, he inspired my bull riding career majorly, but from a business mindset too. And then, uh, Chase Outlaw would be, the next one, um, Chase is, you know, he came in on this project uh, as soon as I broke my neck and decided I wanted to do this. He was my one of my first investors and oh, believed awesome. in me to help me. And he's actually one of my biggest investors here. So uh, he's a partner here at Rank Ride. Um, Matt Triplett has also been a huge, huge uh, help to me and a, a major inspiration. Like when we were still riding, he was making good investments with his money. He was winning and really kind of helped me get my perspective and, you know, just inspired me to think about, you know, how am I spending my money when I win it? You know, like what, what, what am I putting this into? Am I making good decisions? Um, Matt, Matt was good about seeking the right type of counsel to help him with his financial investments. And that's something I've always really respected Matt for. And he's been a huge, huge supporter for rank ride and, uh, Love you, Matt. Appreciate you, buddy. Actually, uh, the podcast just came out um, with Matt. So that was the last podcast that I did with, with Triplet. Yeah, he did the same thing. Yeah. It, was a, it was a big deal that he kind of helped. People don't realize, too, like, 
when you transitioned, actually, you're making a living writing goals, you know, and right. that's what you're doing. Money management is such a major deal, and and how you're okay. utilizing your money and what what you're investing in, because you got to invest in things where that money is going to work for you at some point, you know. And absolutely, and I think there needs to be a whole lot more of that knowledge spread around there. And I, I'm really, really excited to, you know, see what you guys continue to do with this podcast and get into what we want to do with, with rank rides podcast and going to have to bring you on to ours now. <laughs> hey, you got a nice studio set up now. Yeah. So, we got to bring you into the studio next time. Yeah. That, that's uh, going to be legit. Yeah, man. But we, you know, it's, the training, the coaching, the knowledge, uh, the technology, all these things we've talked about today, the the new innovation for the next generation of the sport, while also not leaving out the older generation and those who've uh, paved the way before us um, is so important and something that we really have our mind on here at Rank Ride. Um, with Rank Ride Productions on the TV side, to the technology side, to the event production side with ultimate bull rider. Um, I think you're going to see a really cool combination of these things moving forward in the future. Heck yeah, guys. It's been awesome having everybody join in. It's been awesome having you Bonner. What are your social media handles so everybody can get connected? So you can find me at Bonner underscore Bolton um, on Instagram and just Bonner Bolton on Facebook uh, Rank Ride Ranch on all of our socials from TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and go to our website, rankride.com. Uh, we've got games happening every week right now. We're going to be updating the gameplay a little bit uh, to kind of make a more simple pathway for all of the gameplay options for every game happening for the team season. Uh, this is our first season to game on the team, so we've got a little bit of uh, – you know, some loose adjustments to make, but it's it's been pretty good so far. And again, we're just really wanting to make sure everyone knows that the effort is to drive charity and uh, help support the community. We're here for you guys and love, love the, I guess, just the progressive nature that the sports take in with the teams, definitely. And, you know, we hope to see PBR get this right at the end of the day. Um we want to, but at the same time, they're, the sports really never had any major critics, and I guess uh, that's they put me in a great position to become that a little bit. And uh, you know, you'll see you'll see a lot more information coming out around everything we're doing on our podcast. Um, check us out at Rank Ride TV. Yeah, heck yeah! Well, it's been awesome having you, Bonner. Thanks for joining in, guys, and we'll see you next week.